0: Previously on Bad Radio.
1: Under my tutelage, you will grow from boys into men. From men into gladiators. And from gladiators into Swansons. Behold... The Swanson Pyramid of Greatness. I've been developing the Swanson Pyramid of Greatness for years. It's a perfectly calibrated recipe for maximum personal achievement. Categories include teamwork. Very important. Equally important. Selfishness. Take what's yours. America. The only country that matters if you want to experience other cultures. Use an atlas or a ham radio. Cursing. There's only one bad word taxes. Haircuts. There are three acceptable haircuts. High and tight, crew cut, buzz cut. Are the scissors broken in your house, son? Animal proteins. Four to eight servings daily. Cow, pig, chicken, deer. Fish. For sport only, fish meat is practically a vegetable. Friends. One to three is sufficient. Capitalism. God's way of determining who is smart and who is poor. Skim milk.
2: Avoid. My yes, sir.
1: Physical fitness. Honor. Facial hair. Living in the woods. Rage. Poise. Property right. Crying. BO. Cabins. Skim milk. That's right. It's on here twice. Avoid it. Masonry. Stillness. Torso. Intensity. Old wooden sailing ships. They're beautiful.
3: I had an emailer claim hey, talk me out or claim that Roger Clemens has taken status second to only Hakeem in Houston now.
1: How about Chris Burke? Bill Walton's
3: kid. Yeah, good right. point. They do Bill a second Walker. baseman named Chris Burke. Or how about a dance Who Dan so badly wants the Rangers to acquire. <laughs> I don't None. think
0: he could help their defense at all. I mean, <laughs> but... Why, Dan? That I mean, would not be a just, bad
1: trade. He's a very nice why? player.
0: Wouldn't he just boot every ball? <laughs>
3: Can't really find his position.
0: (laughs) And they struck him out again. Well, the major league record
3: is extended
0: (laughs) as he has been struck out for 378. (laughs) But they're
3: sticking with him. (laughs) They're committed to this. God,
1: (laughs) we wouldn't be able to read the lineup card every (laughs) day.
4: I want to apologize deeply and sincerely for using the N-word on Wheel of Fortune. And I want to assure you that I am not a racist, Reverend Jackson. The puzzle you were solving was people who annoy you. Well, like anybody else thought it was naggers. I mean, right? Mr. Marsh, you need to take time to understand African-American culture. Visit black museums, see black performers and artists. Oh, I I will... I'm really down with African-Americans. Do you really want to apologize? Are you sure? Y- yes, absolutely. <sighs> Very well. If you want to apologize, I will accept. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jackson. Thank you. Brian, get a picture of Mr. Marsh apologizing. Ready to go, sir. Kiss it. Huh? Apologize. Kiss it. You want me to kiss your... That's right. Apologize. Uh, okay. Uh... Oh.
0: Now here's another reason I think that Nobody wants us to know about this The talk host producer Works for and answers to The program director of the radio station He works with the talk show host What's that really? Do we have to stop this? We're being told to stop this? Really? This is called comedy. Huh.
3: Well, all right. It's 2.02. Take a break. All right. It's 2.09 at Sports Radio 1310. The ticket, the Bob and Dan show. Sponsors? Driverselect.com. All right. Driverselect.com. And Big Brother. Someday that will make the book. Until then, we got a lot of requests to hear a, an exclusively crazy sports radio segment.
5: This is Nick for and I never listen to Bob and Dan on the ticket.
3: Smoke a ball.
6: Right about now, Sports Radio 1310 The Ticket presents the Bob and Dan Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. This week, NBA All-Star Weekend. Daryl Moose Johnston and we take a look back at Tom's Inception thing also Jake Z hashtag he's on Mino, Julie Dabbs RIP TK Fleming and RIP Donnie Doo. and now two guys that will be cancelled by next week, it's Bob Sturm and Dan McDowell
7: oh!
2: shut it down let's go
7: home so grown, so huge fuck out of here Control here,
3: Bill. I don't want audio. Football, O-O. football. Is it football, great man? I love football
5: so much. You want the ultimate? You gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is
2: this it? Is this it? Get up! Oh!
7: I have no idea what to do right
6: now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greetings and salutations, P1s, and welcome back to another episode of the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast, covering the week of February 22nd. On this week's podcast, Bad Radio Talks, the NBA All-Star Weekend. We have the Tyler Sagan Show, Bad Radio Talks with old friend Daryl Moose Johnston, Bob has a big, beautiful boy review. And we look back at the Tom Inception Dances with Wolves audio fun. We start things off with the NBA All-Star Weekend. All right, it's almost 1 o'clock. It is Bob and Dan
0: with Julie, with Jake, with Mino. And over the weekend, it was uh, the NBA All-Star Game, NBA All-Star Weekend. Friday night was the Celebrity Game and the Rookie Game, or the uh, Young Stars, whatever that is. Rise,
3: rising Stars.
0: I did not take part in any of that, but I heard that you panned
3: it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. complaining about the intensity level of a uh, Rising Stars game or All-Star game is... Tired and played out, and if you're tuning in, you accept it so i'm I shouldn't be the one person who tunes in and is actually frustrated one second into the game when it's clear that nobody is actually playing so Watch- so I, I I will simply note that and then move on and say my bad I should have known better
0: watching dirk in the all star game I thought was a lot of fun, especially because he kind of came in and lit it up
3: boy did he ever
0: like and he was jacking him from deeper than i'd you Generally, see him do that with the Mavs, and he was hitting nothing but net. It was, it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed that. And then he left. Yeah, and I here's a cameo. Here's three great moments. So that that was fine. Uh, Saturday, I spent quite a bit of time with it. Actually, I didn't really watch a lot of the All Star Game. Jumped around, you know, after it was recorded, and found Dirk. And uh, otherwise, I'm not very interested in the All-Star game at all, uh, except for the fact that apparently the Brow, that was the big deal is, oh, will the Brow bow out? He's been injured. He hasn't played for his own team in quite some time. Uh, this will get Luka into the game. So I was uh, looking forward to getting Luka into the game, you know, the first of his 17 All-Star appearances, whatever he's going to end up making. Right. The Brow played. He did. So the Brow decided. Like if you are a fan of his team or I, I don't know, there seems to be something very wrong with playing in the All Star game when you have said that You know, if you're uh if you weren't here at work, Bob like uh Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but then uh you know, I caught you on on the uh Jake and T C podcast, uh, <laughs> you, you you did it with them on Wednesday. Do you think your bosses would have a problem with that? I do. So But I also think that do you, do the you New
3: Orleans Anthony Davis relationship is so ridiculous right now, including the general manager being fired Friday morning that I don't know that I don't know exactly what to uh, make of that except
0: Do you think he has more security than you? Anthony Davis? Yeah.
3: Yeah, but it doesn't even matter if his current team feels that way because he's not really employed by them, is he? He's employed by the NBA, and the NBA has a line to the left to try to beg him to come play for them as soon as possible. So it's not quite a perfect analogy to compare this to IJB.
0: But Saturday I thought was great. Actually, I thought it was great. I had a lot of fun watching the three-point contest. Um. You thought, the, like, you thought the dunk competition was
3: good, huh? Yeah, I loved it. Well, I'm going to tell you why I thought it was great. Like, the winning dunk was awesome. I don't know that I would say the dunk competition was great. It was great because
0: I like to see Dennis Smith Jr. look like an absolute fool, and I thought he did.
7: Man, I thought he killed it. Yeah, after dunk
0: seven win. dunk tries, the I don't like that. The fact that you can, you know, try it or feign it, and that doesn't count as a try or... The, it's excruciating after about five. The one that he finally did get where uh, the dude, who was it? J. Cole. J. Cole. Uh, my daughter recognized everybody there on site. Oh, yeah. Was uh, just reeling off everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the one that he finally did execute looked awesome. And the Browns also have a, a good highlight film from uh, 2016, right? So, if you watched them all, if you watched him try it seven times and then get one, you don't think as highly of him as if you just see that highlight. It was great. However, his next one... So then uh, Diallo had an awesome... His dunk over Shaq was wonderful. I They did this whole bit... Where uh, at first he set a, uh, a thing of balls out there. What do you call that? The rack of balls. The, the rack of <laughs> balls, sorry. Um, yeah, the and then, then he's like, shook his head, no, and he took that off. And then they went on the mic, like, I need the biggest guy in here to get out here. you know. And then the uh, announcers are discussing, whoa, could that mean Bill Russell or Kareem, who are sitting next to each other talking? <laughs> well, they ended up pulling Shaq out of the crowd. He's Shaq. And man, he looked enormous. Like uh he all he didn't have the just the height that Bill Russell and Kareem have, but he also had like it looked like he ate Bill Russell or Kareem. Um he just so big. And uh then he showed that he has a Superman jersey on underneath and he didn't try it three times. First time he jumps over Shaq, shoves his arm into the hoop, like he jumps so high. The old Vince Carter that his elbow is into the on the rim and he hung there as he uh, ripped his shirt off and showed his super I thought it was a great it showed the superman logo underneath it
3: it's one of the best dunks that's ever been dunked
0: it was amazing and it was the first time i think you should be credited extra of course for first time rather than sixth time which Dennis are. Smith Jr was i don't think you are Dennis Smith Jr got a 10
3: yeah he got a 50 after like his seventh try
0: and uh Diallo got a 10 The next one that Dennis Smith Jr. did was the exact same as Diallo, except it was worse because he had Dwayne Wade standing there. He's not as tall as Shaq. And then he uh, double-handed, you know, vaulted off of his shoulders, and it took him three times, and he did the exact same dunk. And uh, the announcers were all poo-pooing it, saying how crappy it was, and then they all gave him tens. Not the announcers, the, uh, the scorers. When he missed all of his dunks, he got sevens from the, the uh, like, he got a seven for effort. Like, this is like, what, are you giving all the kids a trophy? <laughs> like, I was I was actually watching this, Bob, and I was mad. I was mad, and I was discussing it, uh, yelling at my kid about the fact that this is a, a travesty. And uh, she looked up from her phone and agreed uh, for a moment that <laughs> you know uh, that it was a travesty, and yeah, I mean... That's why I had fun watching it. I, okay. was, I was like, All right, engaged. I didn't know you were cheering against Dennis engaged. Smith Jr. I was engaged. I hate Dennis Smith Jr. And uh, Why do you hate him?
3: I don't know. He seems like a good kid. He's just a little... Oh, he's great. Well,
2: he does. He he's seems been on like our show. all
0: that's wrong with the, uh, the future of the NBA. Whoa. How about that?
3: He was on our show. He was a very nice kid.
0: Well, well, he's a Nick
3: now. Don't be such a fan where the second he's out of here, now you want to drive his head into sheetrock. I wasn't really on board with him when he was here. I know, and I wasn't either, but...
7: The the, entire city was so spoiled by Dirk. You don't need to... This is how everyone else lives. You don't need to cheer against him. So I'm spoiled.
3: I was hoping he would have, uh, when D. D Wade got his back turned, I was hoping he was just going to Terry Tate Dennis (laughs) Wade. Just run him into the stanchion and then rip off uh, his jersey and there's a, yeah, put him in the stunner. Slam a beer. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe. And he's got a dirt jersey underneath or something. And that would have been the awesome heel turn I was looking for. I I feel like we do this every year and I feel like uh, my opinion changes slightly and once in a while it feels like the dunk contest is back and then it's does it's not back again. Well, this year it's back. I don't know. I if thought it was, it was back. The, the the winning back dunk for me. It was a lot of the fun. The signature dunk, I suppose, is what you're looking for, and it did deliver on that. Uh, whether or not there's a way to have a dunk competition with actual players that you care about and a format in which a guy doesn't get to miss the first six times he tries it, and then. Now you're kind of rooting for him, like it's the kid uh, that never gets to play in the game, and maybe can he just make this dunk so the excruciating pain stops? Um, I don't know. I those of us who want to go back to Chicago Stadium and see Jordan versus Dominique in the finals, I I just think that was then, and this is now. I think I'd like to watch that. And
7: I watched it this weekend. They ran every single dunk contest. Oh, yeah? Consecutively. Okay, I, I want... made my, my wife watch like three Jordan contests. I, was, I was wondering was a... if we watched it and it was still good. Dude, it is. It's night and day. You shouldn't compare this to that. You should compare this to like two years ago. Is it good? It's incredible. The Jordan one? Yes. Okay, good. The crowd is so much more into I'm it. I'm glad it Because they, they can't miss. They just scored it. And they also had... I oh, okay. Like had... So if he missed, he'd be out? That's what it looked like. I mean, yeah. you're, you're not getting credit for missing. No,
3: minutes. they that that's that's the last ten years they switched it to that. Partly to encourage star players to actually get in the dunk competition because, you know, we're dying here trying yeah. to explain who the to who the contestants are. You don't think Joe, <laughs> Joe
7: Harris winning the three point contest and Hamadou Diallo winning the. The dunk is what the NBA wanted this week. No, I don't know. It's not what they want at all.
3: But, you know, it's it's a tough spot for those guys to hang themselves out there. I I remember Blake Griffin did, and we all liked that back in the day. But uh, Zion next year will be pretty fun.
7: That is true.
3: Zion Talk is scheduled for tomorrow, by the way, guys. Do you know that? Whoa, I did not have an advanced copy of the run sheet. Well, it is. Zion has been. Are you uh, pre- yeah, tomorrow night Pre, is Duke. Tomorrow's Duke Carolina, so not only is there Zion talk tomorrow, but then you're going to be required to watch a college basketball game tomorrow night. What do you mean required, man? I'm really into it. Bad back guy. I don't want to hear you don't have time to watch TV. <laughs> I can now use that against feeling you. feeling a little better. All right, it's 109. it's 109. It's 109. It's Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Coming up next, we have All-Star Weekend Audio. All right, score after one. We're going to do the news, but after an All-Star Weekend audio bag featuring your friend and ours, Jake.
7: Thank you, Bob. So I actually did not find out. Maybe this is my fault as a bad NBA guy, or maybe it's the NBA's fault for not properly promoting it, but there were two different versions of this broadcast. Now, typically, I would tell you that rising, or excuse me, the uh, players-only broadcast on anything the NBA does is the worst thing you're ever going to hear on television. Agreed. I mean, it is bad. But if it's going to be an all-star game and they're going to have Barkley on there, and Barkley's going to be all sauced up because I think he's like the one guy left on earth that can't be, as the kids say, canceled. Because if there, if there was a chance for him to be, he would have been. Like It's amazing to me Barkley is still around given some of the stuff that he's said and done and continues to not care at all. And he carried that over into the TBS broadcast of last night's game. He was definitely inebriated. And they had him there with Kevin Garnett, who seemed like he was trying to play it straight, and Greg Anthony, who has a bag. Totally. Uh, So we start out with, uh, you just get a feel here before the game even starts, uh, as Barkley's trying to put together a thought about what the All-Star game means for the season's calendar, and it is a mess.
4: Actually, last night was my favorite night of the entire weekend. And now, to me, this was like the
2: the finish starting line. What I mean by that is, this is the last one
4: thing you get before. Now you see the playoffs at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. This is my last fun weekend.
7: It's his last fun Wait, weekend, what? and you will be very, very certain of that for the next three hours. I get it. The finish starting line. <laughs> it just is a weird way to phrase
0: so it. So there's a po- portion of the season that's uh, the finishing part of the season, and he's at the start of the finish. Right. Right portion, yeah. It just sounds
7: it's, weird to say start of the finish, and it also sounds weird whenever you say it with a mouthful of uh, mashed start potatoes, start of the fourth and, quarter, and bourbon. Okay, <laughs> okay so the, you know, the how much they, must it take to
3: get him drunk or Shaq? Like how big are they? And how long have they been at it? Well, right. How, however much it is, they Have right. you
0: got some tolerance built up.
3: Do you think
7: Barkley's built up a tolerance to alcohol?
0: I bet beer, just up, doesn't dude. do it.
7: <laughs> Probably like it's got to be liquor. Oh yeah, he's. A, I think I've heard that he's bourbon guy. Um, <laughs> so they're showing all the luminaries around the court. They've got Bill Russell. They've got David Robinson. They've got all these NBA legends. And as they're pointing them out, I think Garnett calls out a guy who definitely doesn't fit in this category, but was also quote unquote the first NBA player to come out as gay. Even though I don't think Jason Collins ever actually played on a team after he was on that SI co- uh, cover, but this is a this is a disaster.
4: It's always so, so fun to be here. You got the great Gary Payton, George Gervin, uh, the Ken tumbo and the great Dr. J all sitting on the front row, man.
2: Skip, Don't Skip Jay Collins now? Hey. Jason Collins. Barkley says, "Who? <laughs> Jason Collins." Why? Why do you have to say who? You got to say. You Why you, you know? have to say like you didn't know? Oh, what? I told you. I just oh. told you. That's
3: Wait, my, I right. just told you. Okay, all right. You, set to win win all, Did Did you that, just that. mentioned
2: Jason Collins. You got to. You to. those guys. Yeah, you have Stop it.
3: Come on, man. I just wanted to get down to you Jason Collins is a great kid, but.
0: Yeah, but he's not Dr. J. Maybe he's gay and Like, so. no one's heard of him. So Kevin Garnett wants I'm to with be Barkley. PC so bad, like, who? I'm with Barkley.
2: So you're not willing
3: to say that because he announced he was gay that he, it didn't knock up his player status five <laughs> levels? Like he should to
0: sit to next to between George Girvin and. You're not willing to say that? No, I am not. Okay. So what they're going for and here. Maybe I'm not understanding understand today's well. climate, though.
7: What they're going for here is to make it sound like, I suppose, Why Today Doesn't Suck. Boy, it sounds like you're airing both
3: broadcasts right yes. now.
7: Yes. Uh, and I think at this point they had shown David Robinson. And uh, this, is, this, this to me does sound like Why Today Doesn't Suck gone wrong.
4: Bill Russell's like a father to me, but David Robinson... And listen
7: how slurry he is He is right out of the <laughs> gate there. Like, that's not just Fat Mouth Barkley.
4: Bill Russell's like a father to me, but David Robinson
3: might be the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. Yeah. That's about the sixth time he told me he's like a
2: father to me. <laughs> right. You, mean you got you know? Chuck? No, Chuck. You mean you got, Chuck. Chuck <laughs> <Damn. laughs> <God.
3: laughs> like six fathers. Yeah. Hey, listen, we need mentors. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't be like you Stop. were if you had a <laughs> mentor. I'm glad right, I am. You like do need one mentor.
2: No, you need a mentor. they said, take a neighborhood, a village? No, it said, a village. It said, we're grid. Hey, don't say when Greg ain't home, there's a village
7: of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> having fun. We're having that fun. That is fun. It sounds great. <laughs> I love Barkley, he man. There's a village of idiots. Are you surprised there's been no Barkley Me Too out there? That's what I'm saying. There's, there's tons of stuff. Whether it's... He's been in trouble for no, a but, bunch of different... And he continues to but just he respects, his nose.
0: respects his coworkers. It's difficult to define... Except Greg Anthony.
3: Like what... Is at work here. What, uh, how you would best describe the Barkley force field or whatever he's working with? But there's almost nothing he can do that you would say was over the line because it's Barkley.
0: And he was the guy while playing that had a commercial that says, "I'm not a role model," right? Because like, he would be criticized for his actions or the way he did things because hey, your uh, kids are looking up to you. So he did an ad, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Oh I, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was. The Nike but, ad. But it was talking about. Look, I'm not a Roma. It's the way you need to lay yourself out. Like uh, it's Bob versus Dan, right? When Bob gets caught with a prostitute, that'll be the hugest uh, story in the world. If Dan does, you'll be like,
3: ah. I always knew.
0: Like about <laughs> well, time he got no caught. Way. You know, so. whatever. It's 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 the yeah. It's an interesting put yourself segue. out as the guy that uh, does everything
7: wrong and. Like Barkley. It's just
0: Barkley. Well, that's an whatever. interesting
7: segue because just if there stuff. was one thing that I kid thought would have got him outside of, you know, uh, whether it's comments about politics or whatever, that NBA, that NBA halftime show on TNT is awesome, but it's also horribly formatted. They don't pay attention. Any, they're talking into the breaks often whenever the bump hits. And so, yes, he does respect his coworkers, but he'll clown on him because he's down there with Greg Anthony and Kevin Garnett, so he's not on the halftime show that he normally would be on, and they'll tease that.
3: Coming up, it's the American Express Halftime Report, live from Charlotte with EJ, Kenny Shaq, and Candace Parker. That's the conclusion should,
7: of this first half.
3: They should
2: change the name of
3: that show. What, what
7: should they call it? Do you think he's thought this through? <laughs>
3: Westbrook uh, knocks down uh, America.
4: Uh, American Express dropping ratings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> something like that. Oh, uh,
4: you <laughs> thought <exactly> he was <laughs> ready. He wasn't I wasn't ready. I wasn't
2: ready.
7: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure American Express is pleased with They should change this read to American Express dropping ratings. At the <laughs> Some, of you know, something. I, I don't something. know. What should they change it to? Like, American shall we Express gather at the river? Dropping ratings. Do you think? Cat would have an issue with (laughs) (laughs) that handling of a sponsor. Uh, And here they are when Dirk checked in, which again, it was worth watching this just for that five minutes. And I've seen both the regular broadcast and the players only, and they both were over the moon when Dirk started hitting threes. It was probably the most excited the broadcasters were all game, save for Steph's freaking bounce pass oop to Giannis, which I can confidently say I've never seen in a game before of any kind. It was really weird a weird play, <laughs> but everyone's real fired up uh, when Dirk checks in.
2: Yeah, Dirk the is in the game. Yeah, let's let Chuck make it. Go ahead, go Chuck. Right, Chuck you, you, know, know, you, got. <laughs> you know, you think about all the great Sabonis, Ginobili, yeah. guys like that, yeah. that left shrimp. But well, this guy right here is the greatest. Boy about him. Uh, I, I said Ginobili fools. Oh my bad.
3: Uh, <laughs> I said uh, it didn't sound like Ginobili.
2: <laughs> hey man, he's you go. get you on Dirk. Yeah. Oh. Get you on oh. Dirk. There you go, OG. There you go. Ready go.
7: I left that in there like football refs, but yeah, I just said that fool. Well, I didn't know because it didn't sound like Ginobili. (laughs) Because you're all over the map. That
3: that was such a. uh, It's hard to quantify what a redeeming factor would be, but uh, the Dirk moments on Sunday made all of the nonsense so worthwhile.
7: And I'll give you a brief one from Friday. Uh, I think this might have just been going around online, but here's Dirk in the uh, Rising Stars locker room addressing his team.
2: I'm going to leave all this strategy up to you. They really only hired me to be the face. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the good looks. I want us to share the ball a bit and not one guy dribbling it 20 times and hoist something up like Luca does at the Nabs. <laughs>
7: And they asked Luca about it the next day, and he was like, "Yeah, he better have been joking, otherwise he's never getting the ball again on our team. Like I'm in charge now, chief."
3: Yeah, Luca was over there uh, sheepishly grinning <laughs> when Dirk was roasting him in front of his mates. The it seems like stars.
0: it seems like Dwayne Wade is trying to create this thing about himself that Dirk actually is. Right, like Dirk is a. Uh, highly respected elder veteran, statesman. elder statesman that everybody absolutely loves and they wish good things for, and uh, it's just a joy to have him around. I'll tell you what, Where too. Dwayne Wade is trying to create that persona, but I just don't think the league thinks, oh, look, it's what a great story, Dwayne. You know what I
7: mean? Like, he's... There wasn't a ton of Dway very good talk player. During the game.
0: Hall of Famer. But they, I saw they did a cut in down on the sideline with a sideline person or yeah, whatever. But, just... but I thought, for with what we know about Dwayne Wade, I'm thinking his agency made sure they set that up. Whereas Dirk is actually a wonderful breath of fresh air, and we love him. It, it seems like Dwayne Wade wants to be there. I'll
3: tell you what. I thought it was. It, I, I think it's almost impossible to stick the landing this well. But at every turn of his career, Dirk has handled things as perfectly as you could imagine, maybe even better. And All-Star Weekend just turned into, like, his his legend's only going to grow from here because he has handled this at such a high level of classiness. And then even the three for three in three minutes at the All-Star Game is just such a perfect yeah. way to go out. Like, drop the mic and just leave now. And, it's and just there's, perfect.
0: There's never been a question about, oh, my gosh. How would we approach him if he had to come off the bench? Or, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, and just whatever. How and how cool
7: he is to Luca. And how know, about like,
0: I'll just take... Like, Dwayne Wade was still trying for max-out contracts these last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, he's like, ah, whatever, $5 million,
7: What What do you want to... What's fair to an old man like me or...
0: He's later, awesome, later man. in the
7: week, I need you guys to hear and P1s Google it if you haven't seen it. But Luca and Dirk doing something called the Whisper Challenge, <laughs> where they're li- trying to listen to '90s songs. Boy, and Dirk knows every single R oh, and B and awesome. hip hop song from the '90s, and Luca's like, "I wasn't born." It seems real. Um,
1: that's weird. How about those of us who <laughs> were alive <laughs> that did not
3: know all of the artists? I mean, look, we had heard those songs, but he.
7: Dirk's been in an NBA locker room for two decades. It's, well, yeah,
3: but it felt like uh, he was being fed the answers he knew him so well, like uh, Grateful Ed in our uh, famous moment, Dan, where I was actually cheating on a test and not telling you until you figured it out on your own. Dirk nailed that so perfectly that he's either like a DJ or a record exec or uh, he's just a Kreskin as it pertains to 90s R&B.
0: It seems obvious this is his last year, but I kind of want him around for uh, ever Porzingis and Luca for one year. To make sure those guys
3: don't get out of hand,
0: because it it feels like he's a great influence on Luca.
3: Yeah, puppies grow teeth. Dan, there's only one Dirk. Now it's the Tyler Sagan show. one here on the buyer's barricades ticket hotline hot seat it's tyler sagan hello mr sagan how are you today
8: good how you guys doing
3: good good did you guys practice this morning already
8: uh it was optional day Ah. Um, i'm not sure i'm not sure how many guys skated Well, that's okay.
3: That's okay. You guys need a little rest going into St. Louis or St. Louis coming here tomorrow because uh, last night, high intensity, high emotion, up and down, back and forth, lots of action, and in the end, zero points, and uh, those types of nights kind of suck, don't they?
8: Yeah, not fun, obviously. We'd like to close that game out. It's kind of been a game as of late, but... um yeah, I got the hottest team in the NHL. Really coming in tomorrow night. So got to be ready for that.
0: How tough is it just to be even keeled? Because you guys, it's you know you're on an incredible hot streak for a while there, and you know fans are going nuts. I'm excited and happy for you. And then uh, you run into a couple of bad games. It just seems like then the uh, the earth is uh, is ending. It, to be so up and down all season long, it must be kind of exhausting.
8: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean it can definitely be a roller coaster in the year, and hot streaks and cold streaks. And I think now we're at the time of the year where um, you got to have that even keel. You got to, you know, battle every night and <clears throat> get points with twenty four games left here. And I think the theme is to not lose two or three in a row. I don't think playoff teams do that. So we got to get uh, out of this rut we're in right now and um, get back to playing that kind of hockey.
3: What do you think? Uh, what do you think's going on recently? Is it is it is it just the ability to score goals? And then once you get that going, uh, last night. I mean, I don't know. It, it, okay, go on.
8: I mean, I mean, I think everyone talks about you know scoring our goals with our team, or at least you know stuff. And I think our thing right now is just getting back to our identity, which is how hard we defend. And, um, you know, in these last three games, we haven't defended well and have gone away from that identity. And I think I've been thinking too much about scoring goals and because of that um you know including myself you know you start cheating a little bit you know, and then you start you know swinging away from the defensive responsibilities we were doing so good in the past and you know that's why we were winning a lot of games we find different ways we were you know winning one nothing then we're coming back at a game or you know trusting the process and staying patient and right now we're we're gaining away from how we defend so um get back to just thinking about that and go from there
3: there were a couple sequences last night. Uh, one, a uh, it was fun to watch you bury that go-ahead goal. That was very exciting. The arena got pumping there. In the first period, though, there was a moment where you looked like you were rightfully annoyed at a uh, lack of a call as uh, as Mister Boyle ran you over, and then um, they came back the other direction. And he actually had the rebound uh, for the goal, but uh, that 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 sequence there. I mean, that's. That's a chance for you to uh, visit with the officials, isn't it?
8: Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, that I'm doesn't not, ever change
3: not. anything, though, does it?
8: No, it doesn't. So, which is why you kind of just bite your tongue after that. I mean, I saw after the shot, the puck went in the far corner, and you know, I tried to turn back in the play, and he was there, and kind of finished his check, and I didn't think it was a legal play, um, you know. But I also shouldn't have, you know, been looking back at the ref because you know, who knows, maybe I could have caught him catching back up ice, even though he had a few steps. I mean. You know, he ended up scoring the game, uh, that, that goal there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought Rath missed a call, but I could have done a better play. You know, just getting back up and, you know, shutting up and getting back in the play. It's
3: that freaking Boyle guy again, though, you know?
2: <laughs>
8: you know, he's a, he's a nice guy. I mean, he Is he? Came up to me, he came up to me late in the game and, you know, asked if I was okay and apologized. And, um, wasn't in a turby man either. He wasn't really sure what happened if he hit me up high. And, yeah, and I mean, it's part of the game, um like, for it to go in a different way, but that's what happened.
3: Don't tell us he's a nice guy. The fans <laughs> don't want to hear <laughs> that. <today. laughs>
8: he doesn't look like a nice guy out there, that's for
3: sure. No, he yeah. doesn't, and I, I, I'm probably still uh, annoyed at him for uh, messing with Klinger in New Jersey last year. Was that, that's where it was? Yeah.
8: yeah. Yeah, I mean, but again, you know, he's he's doing his job. Like, yeah. He's got the own job. we got to do ours. He's got to do his. So you respect the game and you respect players, and you also, I mean, don't really care how nice that guy is. You, you still want to be him. Totally.
0: I have a little audio to play for you. Speaking of uh, respecting the game, okay. This is uh, you may have already heard it, so maybe I'm actually playing it for uh, the uh, the the couple of listeners that we have. But it's Don Cherry. Okay. <clears throat> uh, do you know what he's? Do you know what this is? He no,
8: I've I, I heard something about jerks in Carolina or something. <laughs> yeah. <but> I never <laughs> listened to it.
0: Okay, so Carolina, you're very familiar. They have a a post-game celebration if they win at home.
8: Too familiar.
3: Um, Unfortunately, you're too familiar with that. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, very recently. (laughs) So anyway, I want to get your comments after you hear Don Cherry. This is about a minute long, um, but here
1: he is. In the military, we have traditions. We have, you know, like the New Zealand All-Blacks, you know, the rugby team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So why are you mad at listen.
4: Let's listen. This is the National Hockey League. Brenda Moore is a good coach. He play. These guys, to me, are jerks. You have to do this in the national. They're still not drawn. This is to me, and I'll tell you one thing they better not do this in the playoffs. What I don't understand is Brenda Moore is a street shooter. He always was. This is a joke. The, you know, the rest of the guys, young men, expressing themselves for joy of winning. They don't do this thing in the net. It's professional hockey. You, one of these guys is jerks or something. And I'll tell you one thing. They do this in the playoffs, making fun of the other team. But nobody's not out to, on the ice. The
1: game's over. I admit I always liked your theory of when you celebrate when you win only. Uh, that's why you liked Muhammad
7: Ali, whereas Sugarbiter yeah, did the same. before.
4: Struggle. Now, you don't. If you want to do it, do it before. But that—that that is absolutely ridiculous. I know the rest of the people. I know all the broadcasters and everything are afraid to say something like that. They're jerks well, we doing it. like it. I know you. <laughs> You're lucky. I, the weatherman. You know what I mean. I know what I'm talking about. You never <laughs> do anything like that. They're still not drawn. They're a bunch of jerks, as far as I'm concerned. Imagine Justin Williams doing stuff like that. Uh, it Ridiculous. Seems a little odd. I got to give you that. Okay,
3: uh, we have enough time. For- All right. Did you explain what they actually did, though, Dan?
0: Uh, I, I did not. Funny. Go ahead.
3: They did like funny. a. Post game limbo line. It looked like.
0: Oh, okay, but every game they have a different.
3: Yeah, a different celebration. They
0: do a different thing. I've seen a, a some kind of a baseball simulation one, but they they did bowling. they they all gather onto the uh, ice after uh, the other team has left, and they I guess they probably do the three stars. I don't know. They all they, then then they have some kind of a big choreographed celebration. They're clearly planning this out. And yes, the other night they had the limbo uh, song playing and then they all did the limbo and the last one to go under the stick was the uh the mascot and and then they put the stick real low and shoved him to the ice and the, I don't know, the fans stay in their seats. It it seems kind of like an awesome bit when I'm watching them on YouTube, Tyler. Uh, yep. what do you think?
8: Um I don't know. I'm- I mean, I laughed at when Don, what Don Cherry was saying. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I agree with it or disagree with it. I'm obviously not calling them jerks. But, I mean, I've been a Don Cherry fan since I was a kid. It's what I watched every single Saturday growing up. So, I can't ever really say anything bad about him um, as far as what they're doing. I mean, you know, I don't really want to be a part of it. But, I mean, they got their own team stuff. I got my own our own team stuff. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I feel like it's more of a business thing probably than anything, you know. Um, but when we played in Carolina, that was the most fans I've ever seen, um, playing in their ranks, So something's working out there, I guess. And, um, you know, let them do what they want.
0: Okay. So as a, an opponent, do you feel like you're, they're making fun of you or something, you know, after you lose there, is that an you, extra knife in the,
3: or do you even know?
8: No, I mean, we ski off, like we ski off the ice. We don't see anything. The only time I see it is if it's on a highlight or something in the morning when I'm watching, um, you know NHL stuff. Um, that's all I see. I don't take it as an extra knife. I mean, you obviously go in there and you don't want them to be able to celebrate. You want to take your two points and you know walk out of there. But um, yeah, I mean, we don't actually see it after the game.
0: Okay, so you can't criticize Don Cherry because of your lifelong no.
3: love. Hey, we all like grapes.
8: Yet, yeah.
3: All right. I, when I say we all, let me just say, speak for myself. I'm a rock'em sock'em hockey guy myself.
8: Oh, I have every one. Every single one is all the one.
3: Wow. That's quite a bold yeah. claim. I think I only have two, so you uh you Explain. Uh rock'em sock'em. Sock oh, go on, Tyler.
8: Yeah, I know my nana buys me it every Christmas since I was one year old, so it's been like a tradition. We open presents at Christmas and then watch rock'em sock 'em Sockham, and always dream that maybe one day I'll be on one of those tapes and um sure enough, then it all uh, it'll happen.
0: What is that? I a done.
8: Yeah, it's a, it's a video. So it's basically a Don Cherry video, um, and it shows the best you know hits, goals, saves, all that stuff of the year past.
3: Lots of fights. Um,
8: lots of fights. Well, I guess not as much anymore as they used to be on there, but yeah, Fair. lots of stuff. And, yeah,
0: yeah. Have you been on it?
8: I've been on it. Yeah, scoring a goal in Boston, and then I think there was one more somewhere. Um, but I, I'm not kidding. I think I have 26 of them. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, have you met him? I've met him. Yeah. Was Couple that, time. was
3: that a reasonable, uh, experience?
8: Uh, first time for sure. I got, uh, was that, it was called the CHL top prospects game or something. And I just remember he was one of the coaches and I shook his hand after the game and took a picture. I think I was 17 and I still have that picture. Um, somewhere in the sauce, and it signed, and everything. So that was pretty cool.
0: Who is the coolest person you've met because of uh, being awesome hockey player?
8: Um, like, like did did percent. that
0: did that have more impact on you than when you met Gretzky or something like that for the first time? You know,
8: um, I don't know. They all have different impacts. I think um, you know. I've obviously met many people in the hockey. The hockey world, yeah, like you said, Gretzky. Um, you know, Steve Eisen was my favorite player growing up. You know, I got to meet him. Obviously, that was pretty cool to me. Um, probably the most non-hockey person I've ever met was Barack Obama. That was, and um, inter- that was definitely interesting because I never thought I'd be meeting a president at any, at any time. So that was uh, that was cool.
7: I remember when you met Polly Shore, but you didn't know who he was?
8: <laughs> yeah. And now I'm friends with him, so it's kind of funny how that all works
3: out. <laughs> all right. Well, here comes somehow the red hot Saint Louis Blues and uh wow, then Carolina on Saturday. And uh yeah. Hey, we're uh we're gonna be on your flight Saturday. And then the stars road trip.
8: Yeah, we'll see.
2: <laughs> give us a give us a,
0: a tip. A trip Here's tip. I don't know. We're packing for a a Stars flight for a long trip, man. Long road trip.
8: Um, I guess leave the guys alone because I think you guys are with us on the trade deadline.
2: Yeah.
0: So leave everybody alone.
8: Yeah, Yeah, just leave the guys alone. It's it's automatically no matter how secure you are. It's automatically just that kind of time of the year where it's just I don't know. I want to say a little more quiet, but I mean, you all know what's going on. We're all on Twitter you know, seeing what's going on around the league and um, it's a scary time for some guys, so um, yeah, maybe do your thing and you know, leave us alone.
3: Okay, we'll do our thing, and yeah. we'll respect the trade deadline. What do you say you uh, win a few games and uh, make it fun? Yeah,
8: we'll, we'll give you guys all the credit. How about that?
3: That sounds great! Alright, all right. perfect. We, uh, we have a deal. Alright, and I will uh, tweet Jackie Sagan here to try to get a picture of a young Tyler with grapes. I think we'd all ah. like to see that, so...
8: I don't know if she'll read her Twitter, but go for it. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
3: All right, uh, Tyler, we will talk with you on the airplane. Uh, let's uh, win some games, and uh, why not start uh, tomorrow night against those St. Louis Blues? <sighs>
8: Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. See
3: you, Tyler.
7: What's on the news? This second grader cares more about America than you do.
3: Bad Radio Talks with Daryl Moose Johnston. Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket, and on our phone lines right now. Is our longtime friend from, uh, geez, two decades back when we started doing the show, when he was a fullback. And uh, I guess you never stop being a fullback. You probably stop putting the pads on as often. But uh, now the general manager of the San Antonio Commanders of the Alliance of American Football. He is Daryl Johnston. Hello, Moose. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? doing very well welcome back to the show it's been a little while that's our fault
9: it is
3: (laughs) we'll do better we'll do better next time so uh, we have so many questions for you um i want to know
0: does this mean you're not a tv guy anymore
9: no no i'm still doing both able to uh able to navigate both it it got a little (laughs) it got a little crazy around thanksgiving time um because we had the quarterback camp and the quarterback draft as we got towards the end of November, uh, one of the big things that, uh, that Bill Polian wanted to make sure that we did with the alliance was to get quarterback equity across all the eight franchises. So um, we actually had everybody down in San Antonio uh, along with about uh, 20 wide receivers and put them through kind of a combine simulation of throws, the kind of the field work, not a lot of the measurables. Measurables, but we did interviews and and had them on the field, uh, did evaluation there, and then we did a draft out in Las Vegas uh, to get uh, the quarterbacks equally distributed throughout the franchises. Um, And then we had a mini camp about the middle of December, and then you were prepping for training camp the beginning of January. So, yeah, it got a little hectic there towards the end of the NFL season, but but I I was able to navigate. So I'm going to continue to do both, and I think this year is probably going to be the more time-consuming year because we were a true startup. I mean, we're starting from ground zero. So hopefully we've got our feet underneath us a little bit next year. And it won't be as crazy as we get towards uh, November and December. Uh, I expect it to be busy, but probably not as crazy as this year.
3: Are, are, are you oh. living full-time in San Antonio now?
9: Yeah, kind of, uh, which has been, it's been hard <laughs> uh, being away from my wife and my daughter. Um, you know, I can sneak back from time to time. Uh, I've gotten back twice, you know, 36 hours, 48 hours at a time. Uh, when there's some windows, um, Diane came down for the game this past weekend um, so we're trying to find time um, but it's one of those situations where you look at the the upside of of taking on this challenge and uh, you know is this a, is this opportunity ever going to come again are you Are you always going to be wondering what would have happened uh, had you taken it if you decided not to so um, they've both been great um, you know they've let me. They let me kind of chase this thing uh, full force, and, and I couldn't be more grateful to my wife and my daughter. So um, I miss them a ton, uh, but we stay in touch, and the technology today helps out quite a bit. So I've I've talked to several dads who kind of had to go through the same thing with working away from home um, on extended extended time frames, and uh, you know got kind of some of the secrets that they that they found helpful uh, in navigating everything.
0: How, how do you find yourself? Like, did they approach you? Had you been looking to get into management in some
9: way it was the most bizarre set of circumstances Um, I've been probably looking at this for about three and a half years Um, just having a little bit of fun with it in our production meetings on the weekend you know I I tend to slide more big picture uh, when I talk to the coaches and the players Um, you know I was always I've always been intrigued by teams that develop championship chemistry Uh, it was something that that I had in college uh, with our Syracuse team Obviously, something I had in Dallas with our Cowboy teams um, and just always, always enjoyed the opportunity to talk to, you know, last year, Doug Peterson about the transition from the previous season to a Super Bowl championship. Um, You know, some of the guys that have come in and had success right away, Matt Nagy in Chicago, we had him a couple of times and, and what he felt was important. So I've always been trying to steer questions towards those angles. And John Dorsey was great for me up in Kansas City. Uh, you know, I've always stayed in touch with Andy Reid. He's always been a good friend. And I'd, I'd go up there for training camp just to get football, get back in that football mode before the NFL season started with Fox um, and struck up a relationship with John Dorsey. So he took me through his whole draft process um, last year and, then, and gave me a list of guys to check in with from personnel directors to scouts he had a lot of respect for. Uh, you know, made me go see Ron Wolf, made me go see Bill Parcells. Uh, you know, to really find out if this is what I wanted to do. And then I reached out to Will McClay and, and asked him if I could come out and, and spend the time during OTAs with him. And was out there in the month of June. And one of the guys who was integral on the business side of the Alliance was in Dallas for his son's wedding. And he and Will McClay actually worked together years ago uh, in one of the startup leagues. And, and Will was his personnel director. So. Um, you know, he stopped by the Star, and they were chatting. And, and Will said, "Hey, let me let me call Daryl in here. You know, this 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 could be interesting." And uh, one thing led to another, and um, you know, Jerry and Stephen were great. They actually called Bill Polian, um, and and gave a, a recommendation on my behalf to to Bill, and that was really kind of the 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 biggest part that sealed the deal. So th- this is such a timing and circumstance situation uh, that, that was, it was amazing. And, you know, Will called me like three days later, he said, listen, I, I think they're going to offer you the job for GM down in San Antonio. He goes, are you, are you willing to do that? So that's when uh, I had the conversation with Diane and Evan and um, you know, it was just, it was too good of an opportunity to turn away. Uh, you know, having talked to Ron Wolf and, and Bill Parcells, you know, what my learning curve would have been going the traditional route Um, You know, this opportunity has accelerated that by anywhere from five to eight years in this process.
3: Man, uh, that's really interesting. Uh, This is Daryl Johnston with us here on The Ticket, and I have watched your first two games. I I am watching this league uh, as a curiosity, and it's also unsettling because I like to know everything. And then I'm watching this league and I don't know anything about what's going on uh, necessarily. <laughs> so I've got a bunch of those questions for you. But before I beat you down with questions, I probably should already know the answer to if I'm going to be a media guy. Um, just just start with this. What's what's that city like right now? Because your crowds are really impressive and it seems like San Antonio's pretty uh pretty gaga over having a football team they can call their own.
9: It's amazing. And it's been that way since, since day one, Um, you know, we were down here in in late June, early July to do the announcement of the franchise. And uh, Mayor Nuremberg has been amazing uh, as a supporter. Uh, And as you pointed out, you know, having, you know, having had the riders here, having had a couple of professional teams that were a part of the San Antonio community, but never lasted. uh, You know, the big one was the saints here during Katrina. Uh, You know, they had the Oakland Raiders kind of play them against the city of Las Vegas for potential potential move um so they're, they're they're so excited to have professional football here and um since day one uh, the support has been fantastic uh, we've had little events down here and we've had 750 people you know 1100 people um and and the other franchises you know they were getting 50 75 um you know we announced our our our, our team name and our colors uh and and had 1200 people in the alamo dome we did a Facebook Live. Uh, had the whole team out it was it's just been amazing and and they continue to do that for us um we've had great partners down here already that we've established h uh, e b's been great you know supporting what we're doing and and they first week bought five thousand tickets to distribute to military families and the men and women who serve our country uh did that again last week uh its It's just everybody has embraced this and and the funny thing was in the conversations the last few days. Everybody here in San Antonio is like, we're usually only talking about the rodeo right now. I mean, the rodeo is the big thing in San Antonio right now. And all anybody wants to talk about is the commanders. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've, kind of, we've caught lightning in a bottle right now. And it's just a question if we can play well enough to keep it going.
0: Does each team, because we're uh, talking about the news today of uh, the investor pulling out and new investor coming in and all that kind of stuff. Does each team not have an owner?
9: No, we are a single-owner entity. Um, so we are owned uh, by uh, by one group that's up above us, and then uh, we all kind of follow the same rules. Um, you know, all revenue is pushed up. All costs are pushed up. So um, it, it actually is, is very interesting. So we can change something that we don't like in our game from week to week. Um, you know, not even a – an example, because they had this in place prior to the season starting, but the Sky Judge concept came together in a, literally about seven to ten days uh, right before the season started. Um, we're, we're pushing really hard right now for a couple of changes. So from week one to week two, we went from a traditionally um, you know, third quarterback rule of the old NFL where you dress three quarterbacks. If the first two get hurt, the third can enter the game, but then he can't leave. We didn't think that made any sense, so we fought long and hard as GMs um with the football people and within from week one to week two we got that change where all three quarterbacks can dress for the game any three can play they just can't be on the field at the same time you can't have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time we're pushing now to get a 52 man roster on the field on game day dressed uh we do 52 man rosters uh, but we can only dress 44 everybody gets paid the same there is no increase in cost it's a developmental league for guys to get reps in game-time situations, so why are we preventing eight guys from doing that? So now we're pushing to get our rosters expanded. Uh, I don't think we'll get all the way to 52, um, but we would, what we've proposed is equity between the teams. It could be different from, from game to game. Um, you know, We're playing San Diego this week. Let's say I call Dave Bowler uh, out with the, uh, the San Diego fleet and say, hey, we're 49. We've got three injuries. We're only going to be able to dress 49 then he would match us at 49. But we're trying to get as many guys on the field as we can. So that's kind of the great thing with the single-owner entity above you. You know, Decisions can be made and things can get pushed down very quickly where we don't have to have 32 owners come together and vote on things and have a certain majority that has to, to accept it for it to pass. So um, th- there is a lot of flexibility that works in our favor.
3: Okay. All right. This is This is where – uh, and, and you mentioned earlier, Daryl, you're really into the minutia of uh, of roster building and so forth, and that's that's when I'm watching that's all I can think of. so forgive me if 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 we don't have a long conversation here about Logan white's uh, Woodside in, in particular or or whatever went on this week i I just want to ask you a few of these questions as I'm watching the game that are all over my uh, all over my football brain uh, absolutely. One, the NFL, every January, the NFL signs all sorts of guys to future deals to get their rosters up to, like, 90, which they can be in in the offseason. Uh, these are camp, camp bodies and guys who just want a chance, and they work out in the NFL, and that's the way it's been since, I believe, since you were a player or even before that. I'm guessing this has really affected those guys, and they have to choose between do I want to be an NFL camp body or do i want to be a member of this roster isn't the boy this might not be the best question as much as it is an idea and and i'm sure one that you guys have thought about isn't it best if the leagues are sort of tied together so that those practice squad guys are, are are the actual skeleton of your rosters at some point soon that would be
9: fantastic. Um, right now we're in competition for those guys, but we, we'd love to be complementary to the NFL in that, in that fashion. And that's really what NFL Europe was at the end. Um, you know, if you send over a certain number of guys to NFL Europe, you got roster spot exemptions uh, for your training camp. So that's how they entice guys to, uh, from the NFL to send guys over to NFL Europe. We, we would love to, to come up with something similar to that because right now we do have to compete for those players. And you, you are exactly right. You know that that futures contract, all that does is guarantee you a roster spot on the 90-man roster. Uh, there's no payment during the course of the off season. Um, they're starting to give some bonuses because we were starting to take some of, some of those players away, and we've got some really good data over the last eight years. Uh, about eight percent of all the guys in that futures pool. Make it to a 53-man roster, which came out to be about one and a half guys per team in the NFL. So, that, those were your chances of of being on a on a futures contract and getting to the 53. So, we're hoping this year, after our first year, we're going to be able to put out a number that's better than that. So, we can start to show these guys. Listen, there's an alternative. You don't have to just do a futures contract and go work out with the team. You can come down here and actually play football in games, learn from really really good coaches. You know, work on your craft, work on your details. Uh, we've got a guy down here, Tyrone Holmes, who I'm I'm still trying to figure out why he's not up in the NFL uh, on a 53. He's a great pass rusher from the outside. Um, one of the things he wants to do is work on special teams because that's what they told him. You know, you've got to become more than just an outside linebacker pass rusher. You've got to be a core special teams guy. So he's down here on our punt and punt return teams uh, and he's kind of bummed out. We're not kicking off because he wanted to be on that as well. So <laughs> they know what they need to work on. And it's just a question of finding the opportunity to be able to work on that part of their game. So we, we think we're going to make a lot of headway into that pool of players and since week one and we got all the the publicity, we've had a number of guys that have reached out and now requested contracts from their allocated franchise. So, uh, we, you know, we're too far down the road at this point. I'm, I'm not messing with the chemistry of our team right now. Uh, you, you better be a, a, a difference maker as a player if you're going to come to our league at this point, because, you know, we've been at this for seven, eight weeks right now. And our team has developed great chemistry. So the guys that believed in us early on are, are, are reaping the benefits right now.
3: When when did those guys sign?
9: Well, the last guy we signed, so Tyrone Holmes was one of the last guys that came to our roster. He was on San Diego's practice squad, so he came to us a week after San Diego lost to the Patriots in the playoff game. Okay, uh, Nick Rose, our kicker, uh, actually got got pulled up from our roster to the San Diego roster for that playoff game uh, to kick off in that game. So uh, some of them came late. Demontre Moore was a late addition to San Diego. Um, we've had a couple of really late additions. But even, you know, it would have been interesting to see – You know, the guys from, you know, that had the uh, had the Patriots uh, and had the Rams as allocated players you know from those practice squads you know were they willing to bring them in at that stage because they weren't going to be able to get them until week two of the regular season yeah were your rosters already set you know where was your chemistry built did you not want to did you not want to really kind of fool with anything in that point or is that guy just such a, a potential star in this league that he was worth the risk so we'd love to get a little bit better with the calendar with the nfl um because i think some of the timing hurt us Uh, as we got close to the beginning of our season as the playoffs were winding down but those are all things that hopefully we'll work on um, you know during the course of this first year together
3: okay this is Daryl Moose Johnson another uh, couple minutes here as I try to figure out how this league works so okay uh, let's say let's say player x has uh, three sacks a week or two sacks a week through uh, four weeks and the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys both want him Uh, is he you guys can't have your best players just leaving midseason, right? Uh, there has to how, – how's this work to – I mean, but at the same time, you probably want those guys to follow their NFL dreams for next season. How, how does all of that work, and, and how do NFL teams uh, – you know what I'm asking. How, how does this yeah, whole thing yeah. work?
9: Yeah, well, well, hopefully kind of back to that futures contract versus playing down here. What, what gives you the best opportunity? Do you really want to leave here right now? You're playing really well here right now. Uh, Wouldn't you want to stay here and continue to build your craft as opposed to leaving and going to the Baltimore Ravens or the Dallas Cowboys to lift weights and, you know, run around on the field with shorts and T-shirt on? Um, You know, we're we're putting together some really good film for some players here. And isn't that more important than leaving and going to a team? So that was that whole conversation. But the most important thing is, is you can't. (laughs) As of December 28th, you're with us. So you've signed a contract with us. We, we do allow players to leave. So we've had, you know, this started back in August. Uh, you know, we signed some players back, you know, late August that actually were called up to practice squads during the course of the season. Uh, Tyron Holmes, the guy that we talked about, um, you know, we, we got him via Kansas city, but he was signed off of our roster to the San Diego chargers roster. Uh, we lost several guys during the course of the fall from our roster up to NFL practice squads. Um, But then they would come back to us when the time was right. And, And as long as we had them signed as of December 28th, they were our property. Uh, The NFL couldn't touch him after that date. So it does get really it really gets sticky there between December 28th and January 8th. There's a there's a 10 day period there that we've we've got to become friends. Um, We've got to be complimentary with the NFL and and be able to do good business uh, because it was it was very competitive during those 10 days. And and as you pointed out, the the most important thing we're trying to do here is create opportunities uh, for guys to get back to the NFL. And we think that uh, what we provide here with the alliance is the best option at that time of year.
0: So you want to be friendly with the NFL. Would you consider the XFL to be your nemesis?
9: I wouldn't say nemesis. I would say competition. Um, You know, Vince McMahon, um, you know, has has amassed quite a fortune. He's going to have very deep pockets. Um, You know, he's going to be able to to be on financially sound ground uh, for a long time. Uh, my, My challenge with the XFL is, Where do they get their players from? We know that there's a whole nother pool of players coming out next year, but we really, really got a really big head start on them this year uh, by beating them to the punch and and really kind of dipping into that pool of players who were out on the street and, and getting some connections with uh, the NFL and the CFL uh, and, and having a, a good experience that hopefully they will come back to us. Um, so, you know, where are the players going to come from in year one for the XFL? And and really, in my opinion, the most important thing is, is distribution. Um, you know, Charlie Ebersol has done a tremendous job uh, in selling this brand, and, and we're working with Pro Football Focus. Uh, we, you know, we're on TNT, we're on CBS, we're on CBS Sports. Uh, we're on the NFL Network. You know, I, I've, I've heard that Fox will be a distributor for the WWE, uh, but, but what else uh, will they use to distribute the content? Uh, you know, we've done a good job of, of really hitting the, the major distributors. And, and what's, what's the most important thing this time of year from a sports standpoint? I mean, what is everybody dying for right now? The Final Four, the Masters. Well, we've tied up CBS and we've tied up TNT, um, you know, that really are the, the, the big partners in, in March Madness and the Masters. So as you're watching March Madness and you're waiting for the Masters to come on, you're going to continue to see the alliance you know, being advertised. We're, we're going to, it's just a great job of marketing and branding uh, for what we're doing here, and, and uh, I, I think it's going to be hard for the XFL to catch us.
3: Daryl, it's uh, been a pleasure uh, watching your endeavor in San Antonio and visiting with you. I hope uh, we can do it again real soon. Thank you for the time, sir.
9: Uh, awesome. Anytime. Let, let, let's not make it so long next time.
3: I I agree, and uh we're in San Diego this week.
9: We are in San Diego this week, uh, which is kind of odd. You know, we played them week one, and we're playing them again week three, and you know, and, and, I was telling some of the coaches here, I said, boy, we used to have that happen to us in Dallas. I, I remember a couple of times, you know, playing Philadelphia three weeks apart, playing the giants three weeks apart. Uh, you know, those are, those are tough assignments. So, uh, we're going out on the road and, uh, we'll see how we respond. I, you know, we played really well last week. There was some really, really good football, uh, on that field. Uh, we had four, we had four bad plays. We gave up 220 yards in four plays. So, um, other than that, we had, uh, we had a pretty good afternoon, but, um, you can't make it that easy for your opponent. So we've got to we got to get better in certain areas, and uh, it'll be a tough challenge against Mike Martz.
3: Well, it's fun to watch football in the springtime, and uh, I'll I'll be checking it out. Uh, Daryl, thank you. We'll talk with you again soon, sir. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. See you, man. That's uh, Daryl Moose Johnston. We have springtime football, Dan. You know what he was on? I need some commanders' gear. The hot seat.
0: He was on the Buyers Barricades ticket hotline. Oh,
3: yeah, absolutely. Which is also very hot. I think it's the Buyers Barricade ticket hot seat. If you want to know the truth, but uh, but I'll uh, just I'll just do the mention and get out of the way. Yeah, and say something nice about Emmett and wrap it up. Hey, it's all tied together. Wow, How about that?
2: Wow. How about that? It's two thirty-five
3: on the ticket. Bob has a movie review.
1: Yeah. Open up those ear holes, bro.
3: Are we allowed to do this? Is good stuff. Not at twelve fifteen. For sure. Okay. Good. Two thousand nineteen, man. Okay. Good. Everything means everything. So today, this is good stuff. Will uh, simply be a movie recommendation for you. And uh, can a movie be good stuff? and still really difficult to watch and you might not want to watch it
4: (laughs) oh bob it's just kid stuff
3: because this is yeah there's definitely yeah there's you know if you were telling someone about schindler's list you would probably go that route right
2: Uh, it's a good movie
3: i wouldn't say hey don't watch it it's a good movie but make sure you're in the right frame of mind to watch it i don't know don't watch it in four viewings, Tom.
0: You're going to have to explain what you mean.
3: Well, I'm watching, uh, a, I watched a movie over the weekend that I actually, its one of those rare times, which happens all the time when my mother-in-law is staying, when I'll walk downstairs to, say, freshen a beverage or, uh, who knows, stretch the legs, <laughs> uh, and the uh, two ladies of the house are watching a movie. So they've decided to see what Hollywood has to offer. And, you know, it's not Bachelor Night or whatever. And whatever they're watching downstairs, I'm clearly not interested. And they're definitely not interested in Liberty Lipscomb or Stars, Panthers, or whatever I was watching. So sometimes you just realize you're going to need more than one TV, right? Bob goes his way. The misses and the Mrs.'s mom go the other way. Anyway, I walked downstairs and they were watching a movie called Beautiful Boy. And if you're looking for it, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Apparently it's an Amazon movie, and I don't know what that means because it went to the theaters and I believe was all up for all of the uh, awards. So it's not an Amazon-only thing, but now they stream it. So if you're a Prime person, you can check this out. The reason it probably first got my attention is... There is Steve Carell as the lead. All right. And I'll be honest with you. I love The Office. Certainly was into Anchorman. There's a couple other movies along the way as Steve Carell was uh, making his jump. See, one of the most controversial things of our lifetime is Steve Carell leaving The Office. Uh, we have, you know, lot lots of... Uh, Career fork in the road discussions go back to when Steve Carell was at the office and they decided to leave the office because he wanted to do movies and stuff. And I think at the time, we all said, hey, let's stick to the rivers and streams that you're used to. You know, let's not go chasing waterfalls. He went and did it. I'm sure he's been in a lot of movies since then. I'm not sure I've seen very many, if any of them.
7: Dude, that Fox Catcher movie is very good. It's a like about the wrestling cro- coach. It's a true story.
3: I've been told I need to see that. I've been told I need to see others. But I think the only ones I've seen as I look at his page real fast after Anchorman is probably all the Despicable Me movies. <laughs> so I'm not terribly familiar with what he's been up to since The Office. I'll just fall on uh, the sword. Uh, the Big Short, I guess I saw that. Yeah, I guess he was uh, fine or great in that. So I don't he's remember. serious?
7: Kinda, Big Short is kind of funny, though. Yeah. He's a
3: serious actor guy now? Well, let me tell you oh, something. Oh, Little Miss
7: Sunshine. You
2: okay, yeah, that.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although that seemed like during The Office, wasn't it? Kind of? Wasn't that what 06. year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me just say this. I can't believe how great Steve Carell is in this movie. I can't believe how great he is in this movie. What's the movie about? Okay, well, here's the bummer. It's a movie that's basically kind of the life story of a father with his son. And when I walked into the room, I sat down for like 20 or 30 minutes, and then I got up and said, I don't want to watch this. Just because when you get old in life, Dan, you know, things get taken from you. We got kids now in high school, and I do, you know, as a parent, overanalyze everything to a fault and so you're watching a movie and you sense it's going badly and really the whole movie is about this son who falls deeper and deeper into drugs to a point where he nearly dies several times but he's uh he's on meth he's
7: you should mention this is a true story this is a true story yeah it's based on a memoir
3: Yes, and I'm told both books, like Father and Son, not to spoil it, I guess I just did, have written a book which evidently would tell you that he probably didn't die of an overdose at an early age. But dude, this is a powerful movie, and maybe it's way more powerful when you do have a son and you are worried about every decision he makes and where that's going to lead and I don't know. It's weird having kids, man. It's, uh, let me say this. It's weird having teenagers because kids feel like it's all under your control. And then somewhere you kind of feel like you don't really have any control anymore. And yeah, it, It's
0: great having kids.
3: And it drives you crazy. For teenagers, right? Yeah.
0: Like if you're watching Wawa Wubsy or... You know, know. whatever silly stuff you experience with them, but now that they're old enough to actually watch kind of adult things or to kind of, you know, they're dipping their toe into the world of being an adult. You know, I'm sure you have a kid that now drives,
3: right? I absolutely do. And And you get that phone call and you're terrified. and, And I am, unfortunately, a human that always races to worst possible scenarios in my head. And I don't think that's overly healthy. But watching a movie like this just kind of feeds all of that. Like, like this this story goes so far off the rails that they pretty much have to cut off the kid at a certain point because they will fall for the charm of I'm better and I want to live at home or I want to get back on the track, I want to go to college, only to be hustled over and over and over again about a kid who really just needs money to get back to his fix or... He's going to relapse, and, you know, it's a real sincere situation that it's just more powerful inside him than he can fight. And that's just a real part of addiction and (laughs) And life.
0: you You could be real ballsy about, ah, I wouldn't, you know, I'd put my foot down. Or you have big, when that little Nora's tiny. You have big uh, thoughts on how you're going to uh, be this kind of a parent. I'm going to do this, or I won't let my kid, I won't spoil my kid, or do this, right? And then it comes down to it. Like, you might say, I would never, you know, I could never, I would never feed my kid's addiction like that, right? But it's your... I mean, it's your kid, man. Treat your kid differently. And I
7: suspect part of it is that you feel like it's your fault. 100%. So you can't exactly say, that's what I never understood whenever I would argue with my parents, there, and I'm like, well, you... You might have kind of made me this way so I'm sorry but you but can't p- just turn on me now here which they're not saying they did but if your kid turns out an addict you probably feel somewhat responsible.
0: Yeah, well because you also take credit if you're right. if you had right. 3 kids and one's a doctor and one's a lawyer
7: and they're all very successful and well yeah. put
0: together you're like you would wear that on I'm a good parent. Yet you know, did you have who knows who knows what went into that, you know what I mean? What's
3: uh what's the kid's name in real life? Timothy Shemolet? chalamet chalamet i know nothing so you actually stopped watching it you uh i, I yeah, honestly here's what happened i stopped watching it and then like a week later i said all right tonight i'm watching it
0: like it it moved you that much
3: yeah just because again with kids of a certain age at times there are days where you kind of feel disconnected and you don't I don't know. You just... You, you. No, no, no. The older they get, the less... You want to play point guard forever, In man. In fact,
0: I was just thinking about this the other day, you know, talking sex and whatnot. you right. You yeah. got to do that. And we've tried since they were tiny to say, all right, that's not going to be this weird subject when when they get old." because it, it would have been totally weird for me to talk to my mom or dad about sex or whatever. And I've always thought that's the... Like the one of the most difficult things you are heading into, as a young adult than a human, that you you really weight very heavily in your head. <laughs> like I used to think about it all the time. Right? That's all your whole life was. Um, you know what's it gonna be like? And then once you're doing it, if you're doing it right, or <laughs> what, what? There's just so many things. It's such a big question mark, and I got so little. You know, you would never be sent out into the world with any other subject with uh, such little information. You would never be sent, you know, on a trip with no map at all. Yeah. But that's what you're sent with. Right. And so I, I, we vowed and that's not going to be in our house. We're going to have open talks and all that, and that sounds great, and it's great when they're little. And then once they do become teenagers, it's a really weird it's it's a it's an odd situation to uh, work into because they generally want to tune you out, right? If you ever start talking about anything that's actually real or serious, and then there's that whole thing. about... And then if they pretend to be listening, then you're like, well, should I just be talking or shouldn't they be? You know, you read that they're. You know, you want to get them talking, and and uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it sucks. Just, it's uh, I don't know anything.
3: You want to?
0: I don't know anything. That's what you need to know as a parent, probably. You want to be... You actually don't know anything. You feel a a lot smarter when they're dumber.
3: It's a discussion of trust versus um, spying, you know? Do you trust me, Dad? Well, yeah. Well, why are you checking up on me? Right. Well, because every time I check up on you, I kind of see that... something... Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I want to... But then
0: you also say they got to make... Right. They got to make mistakes to learn from them and, like... You know, I remember reading the Steve Jobs book, and Steve Jobs in there was saying how he thinks everybody should uh, do acid once in their life, and that's going to help them. Like something like that. Or I know, kid, you know, people drink or smoke pot or whatever, and I think it's all cool. Until then, you think of your Well, gosh, what if my kid goes off to college and tried acid? Yeah, like, that ain't that ain't that cool
2: anymore.
3: <laughs> what? Well. It's all... Uh, I don't want to spoil the movie. I think you should watch it, but I also definitely see how some don't want to deal with it at all, and then maybe others who don't have any kids uh, could watch it and say, what was such? What, what was so emotional about watching the movie for you? But for, I had to for turn- me, man, it kicked me right square in the groin, and I've been thinking about it uh, quite a bit since then, and I can't... I can't tell you how great Steve Carell is, man. I I I'm really Yeah, what a what a talented dude that he can play Michael Scott and then this guy. Scissor me. <laughs> I mean Michael Scott was borderline insane and I realize it's just a role and that's not really Steve Carell, but when he's doing that and telling me I love Lamp, uh I guess I didn't think he had this sort of depth in him, but uh this is incredible. I I, I thought Beautiful Boy was uh was a fantastic movie and well, it sounds, if you're
0: saying they both wrote books, I'm going to guess it all ended up good.
3: One day at a time, probably, man.
7: Yeah, I mean, if you're buying smack in an alley the 20th time that you've been uh, rehabbed, it's never going to be all good. I mean, you know, look. Every day, like Bob Your said. kid's
3: drug addiction is bad when they break into your house and steal your stuff. Which you is
7: know? almost always where these things eventually end. Yeah. Because your sense of right and wrong is... The kid
0: did that? Shattered.
3: I mean, I'm I'm probably telling you half the movie now, but yeah. I mean, it's not great, man.
0: Isn't that a Josh Hamilton thing?
3: Yeah, probably. Probably. I think meth is probably a really bad thing to, uh, to get involved with. I'm going to go out on a limb.
7: Help you clean your house, though, or, <laughs> or reorganize your hard drive, or whatever you need to do.
3: Beautiful boy. It's on Amazon Prime now if you want to watch it. And uh, if you don't, don't. Finally, Inception Talk with Tom.
2: She's your
5: queen to be.
2: A queen to be forever.
4: Mike
3: Reiner and Corby Davidson take shots and have forever. hot sports opinions forever. on everything. That's it's why it's The Heart Live. Listen afternoons from 3 till 7 She's on Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. Is this not funny, Bob? A I celebrate of it
5: perfection
1: free. an object of affection to quench your royal fire completely
2: free from infection. see hilarious to at your discretion it is only
7: For This is of course from uh I don't see any homeless people fighting one another. I'm out.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's, of course, uh, from our movie of the month, Coming to America. Thanks, Alamo Drafthouse. And, uh, you know, it's a song from a movie. And the Oscars are this weekend, and they are all about movies. And that's why we're coming out of break with that. Uh, And movie watching is a sport. But we do want to preview the Oscars. We might not watch much of it, as we will be either in Chicago or on a flight to Vegas or in Vegas or uh, whatever. So here with our Oscar weekend preview slash bit is Jake.
7: Thank you, Dan. Like many things, that the ticket is ruined for me. I cannot think of the Oscars without thinking of one man and one one minute and 24 second clip that occurred on this radio station in 2011, <laughs> I believe ahead of the 83rd Academy Awards, uh, which was actually won by The King's Speech, but one of the nominees for Best Picture was Inception, which you guys got very taken with for about a year. And I've gone back and listened to the initial review, and I'm not sure that any of you actually liked the movie the first time. Really? Really? Um there's a lot of talk of it's too confusing. Uh Donovan's, Donovan said he was looking at his phone 10 minutes in. So I was uh, definitely I don't feel so bad about turning it off 30 minutes in. My remembrance, <laughs> my memories
3: of this topic was, yeah, the first time I was spinning and lost and I needed people to explain to me whether I liked the movie and then I read it and heard people talk about it and by the end I was obsessed with it.
7: Okay. What's interesting about that is joining us in studio now is our dear friend Tom Gribble. Whoa! I, I yeah. thought I thought Legend. he looked familiar. Cool. Legend.
3: Wow. What's Here's,
0: happened?
7: Here's a song. What's going on here? I knew you were
0: I knew we were having Tom in today, Whoa. and I, I think about the show the night before. So, I, but I, what kept running through my head is. I'm just full
7: of surprises, Dan.
0: <laughs> There's a just different of moment of, the, of that clip every time.
7: Here's the most amazing <laughs> thing, stuff, thing about this entire <laughs> ordeal. <laughs> the first time you uh, reviewed Inception, if you listen to the whole thing and it's very long, it seems it used to be very unruly with your breaks. <laughs> <laughs> under um, a different regime. <laughs> it's clear that Gribble understood the movie the first time way better than either one of you two did. There's no doubt. Like when, And when you talk about it again the very next day, you're kind of just saying all the things that he said in the first review. It's clear that he got it, at least to a certain extent. To a certain extent. The first time around.
3: Like, did we go to it twice in two consecutive days?
7: That is definitely what yeah. it sounds like. like Boy, we were, days? I so. Because I remember for seeing like we, went, it, we went right it,
3: back
2: it it to the theater. Both we, on were the trip.
7: In,
0: we were in San Antonio. Yeah. For sure. It might have been uh, the BASIC week, too. I'm not sure. But we were there for cowboy training camp. So this is a long time ago,
7: right? Yeah. Might have been the week you were doing Irvin Joe in the, the booth over from it. Right, right. Probably was. It was a it was yeah, it was the summer of two thousand and ten. So wow. <laughs> I think that was the basic week. What is that? No, no.
3: Uh when when our old intern gave up a record breaking home run to Barry Bonds. Oh, okay. But that that doesn't make sense.
7: I was gonna say I thought there was a different Basic San Antonio. So grooved week that pitch. That
3: he so
5: groove that to him.
3: Well, wouldn't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got famous.
3: Him. Got him an internship.
0: <laughs> so, like I don't sh- you, you used to just have to be an Aggie <laughs> to get an internship. Have you noticed that our interns are not as heavily Aggie anymore? <laughs> I have real? noticed that. Like, I don't think we've had one Aggie intern in years.
7: Oh, no, that's not true. That's not Actually, now that I think of it, it might that's be true. true. <laughs> <laughs> the jar has not <laughs> right. been
3: getting filled up. Tom, have, when's the last time you heard someone reference the jar? In this room?
5: Actually, no, no, no. I was getting my uh, balls busted the other day by somebody uh, on my station, and uh, yeah, I, the jar was mentioned. Really? Yes, yeah. Oh,
3: wow. Yeah. Did they credit
5: Dan?
1: <laughs> they should have. Yeah. yeah. Who do you should've. work with,
5: Kalashaw? Uh, yeah, I work with uh, Tim Kalashaw so Tim... Steve Dennis, all of 15 yards down the hall. Does Steve,
0: does Steve Dennis bring up the jar?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
7: Tom? Yeah, believe it or not, he does not. And the show is called
3: Around the Horn?
5: yes exactly
7: i love it do you feel Uh, like he talks really loud tom
5: steve has uh volume issues yeah (laughs) okay
7: he likes to make his point a very
5: loud volume yes okay so we're gonna play
7: this one time and yes unfortunately tom we are going to carry it over (laughs) because i'm going to get all parties involved in this on the phone sean bass donovan lewis because there are no innocents here Gryffle is is often targeted. (laughs) So this is our
0: Oscar preview that we're playing a review of a movie that was out 10 years ago.
7: Correct. I love it. It's right before the 83rd Academy Awards, again, which Inception was nominated for. What's important to note is that the year prior, the movie Avatar was nominated. It it did not win. (laughs) Hurt Locker won. Okay. Uh, But... The uh, the movie Avatar was nominated the uh, the year before, and then in nineteen ninety, the movie Dances with Wolves actually did win the Oscar for Best Picture. That's three pieces of information. Take it away, Bob. You gotta have to pull me up. No? You're up. Okay.
3: And someone was talking, we were we were discussing what is it accurate? the three things about Inception that keep it from having a chance, and I forgot number three. It was lots of effects, lots of popularity, but then the third one, which is science fiction. And I think of those three together.
5: And four. It already won for Dances with Wolves.
3: Dances with Wolves is Inception? What are you saying?
5: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that their criteria for things are very different than the rest of the world. We're all just lay people out here, you know, watching movies and not real. We have opinions, but these folks make movies. So they can get into the subtleties. Yeah, they look at editing
6: all. and lighting and
5: everything. All the nuances and... of filmmaking come into play. So you know, cut them some slack. Well, okay. So, <laughs> but that I don't know ideas. what you just
3: explained to me, but how does Inception and Dancing with Woods relate?
5: They're totally different movies. Totally different types of movies. So yeah. But they can they can break it down and say that was a good that was a good movie. That was a bad movie insofar as those top ten movies. They can do that. It's their world. Just like you can break down uh, Chicago's defense versus um, Dallas's defense.
3: I'm happy to. So. So. I'm certainly happy to do that. Did, did Lord of the Rings... <laughs> Lord of the Rings, one right. <laughs> All
5: right,
7: the, the underrated thing in, is I'm debiting is, Bob for
3: his groups laughing
7: in the background. Yeah, no, there's some great grooves laughs right uh, whenever Tom pokes his head out. Like I, I want
0: to hear Tom talk more.
7: Uh, yeah, uh, I think case closed. I think uh, I don't quite. Why are we not following him? <laughs> All right. So when we continue, I want answers. Oh. I'm sure this has been done before, but I, I consider this to be the most confusing piece of audio I've ever heard. <laughs> and next, we will get to the bottom of this once and for all on the ticket. One
3: twelve. This is the most unique Oscars preview in Dallas Fort Worth Media this weekend. Our Oscars preview, which takes a look back at 2011. For more
7: on that, let's continue with Jake. Thank you, Bob. We're joined in studio by dear friend of ours, Tom Gribble. And we are joined on the phone line for this review of your review of Inception. First, <laughs> by one Sean Bass, former Bad Radio ticket ticker man and current morning muser. Hello, Seabass.
0: Hey, fellas. Hi, Bad Radio.
7: Hey. It was so, better this it's time. all your old friend. Hey, Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi,
0: Gribble. Hi, Dan. The
5: Hi, band Bob. is back together.
0: Hi, Hi Julie. Hi, Mino
7: hi sean hi. <laughs> okay so i'm particularly fascinated it's like our by- kids and our stepkids are, uh, <laughs> are meeting each other this i'm fascinated awkward. by sean's uh, involvement in this i think he's gotten a free pass for a long time for what i feel is a, an unnecessary accelerant we're gonna play this audio again this is from 2011 and the first thing i want to know is the person who just heard this today for the very first time julie what the hell does she think is happening here
3: and someone was talking, we were we were discussing it the three things about Inception that keep it from having a chance. And I forgot number three. It was lots of effects, lots of popularity, but then the third one, which is science fiction. And I think of those three together.
5: And four, it already won, for Dances with Wolves.
3: Dances with Wolves is Inception? What are you saying?
5: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that... Their criteria for things are very different than the rest of the world. We're all just lay people out here, you know, watching movies and not real. We have opinions, but these folks make movies so they can get into the sun. And they look at editing
6: and lighting and
5: everything. All the nuances of filmmaking come into play. So, you know, cut them some slack.
7: Well, okay, so I want to stop here and ask Julie, what do you think is happening here? Because they're reviewing the movie Inception and talking about its chances to win an Oscar in 2011. Right. So what do you think just happened? Before we go to Tom.
2: I have no idea.
7: You're looking at a transcript really? of the conversation.
2: Where did... I, hi, Tom. i okay. Julie. Nice to meet you.
7: Nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> It is important to note...
2: Where, where does this Ava- turn to Avatar is Why? not
7: nominated in 2011. It was nominated the year before, so... It's not even in the same field. Mr. Gribble, what's happening here? Can I I quickly give my theory? Go ahead. There's one common one. My theory is he just wasn't paying
3: perfect attention. This happens to us all the time. Happened to Dan with Mark McLemore. It's time to ask a question, and then your mind totally goes blank. So now you have two choices. You can explain to everyone what just happened. Your mind just went blank. Or you can try to... Gather yourself on the fly and make it all make sense while you're talking. It's like quicksand. I'd
0: like to throw in an opinion. Yeah. I believe he knew exactly what he was saying. Maybe it was a little trouble articulating it to us, but kind of in listening to this a couple of times, I'm thinking he's just thinking it's a movie outside the norm of regular movies like Avatar, and uh, they have already awarded one of those uh, an Oscar, so that's why they're not going to award this one. It's like... uh, Kind of like how Goodfellas didn't win, and they had to give uh, who's the filmmaker? They had to give him an Oscar for a lesser movie later.
5: Martin Scorsese.
0: Just you know, just over the years, they kind of know about Oscar. Over the years, these Oscar voters, the people who care more about the movies, who care about the lighting and blah blah blah, is who's closer to the theory? I think uh, being mind is correct? correct.
5: You're you're both right. Yes, I, my, I think my, you yes, knew my exactly mind what you're saying. Yeah, basically, when I went back, mine was nice enough to send me this uh, audio because I've tried to erase <laughs> this moment from <in> my memory. <laughs> and basically, uh, what I remember from this was the moment that Bob is laying out what critics of the movie are, are saying. And I say Dances with Wolves and the visual I have in my mind is Bob snapping his head in my direction and then saying, what? <laughs> and I'm just like, I froze in that moment. That's where my mind went blank. So, Bob, you're absolutely right in that moment. Now, I think that what was happening was I drew a comparison in my own head between Inception and Critics and Dances with Wolves in that some people didn't think Dances with Wolves had a good shot at winning because it was too long and dull. And mm. it, it trivialized the relationship between uh, settlers and Native Americans into some kind of good old boy campfire social, and they would just all get along suddenly. Uh, and some of the critics out there thought that Dances with Wolves, for those reasons, wasn't going to win. And so I was t- trying to equate those two things. But in the moment, my brain locked up 100%. And then I was scrambling to try to come up with some rationale for why I just threw out Dances with Wolves in let's, the middle of that conversation.
7: Let's pop on the dearly departed Donovan, who is with us now. Donovan, do you read me from the grave?
4: Do Hello, fellas. Great Donovan!
7: Whoa! Hi Donnie. Donovan's calling from heaven. I'm Donovan, kidding. do you believe anything you just heard?
1: No, that last exclamation from Tom was crap. <laughs> <laughs> he just, what he was. Just went he... out. And that's fine. That's okay. That's a long
7: explanation to say he just went absolutely crazy at that moment and tried to redeem it from saving himself. To me, there, something I hear something different every time, <laughs> but Bob has listed off uh, his three reasons why it won't win, and Tom confidently states with the pretext of, and four. Also right. one more. <laughs> right. And four. It already won for Dances With Hands. And there's also something <laughs> kind of boozy about how you sound when you enter that conversation. <laughs> a little but, bit. Let's, hit that again. And four. It already won for it Dances already,
4: With Hands. I kind of want to hear the whole
0: one. minute and a half well, like okay. together again. Okay. And
7: but then we'll go to Sean. But slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> it already sounds kind of <laughs> chopped and screwed a little bit. Then we'll put Here's Hard Knocks music with it. <laughs> <laughs> who would ever. No way. Alright, here you go.
3: And someone was talking, we were we were discussing what is it accurate? the three things about Inception that keep it from having a chance and I forgot number three. It was lots of effects, lots of popularity, but then the third one, which is science fiction. And I think of those three together.
5: And four, it already won for Dances with Wolves.
3: Dances with Wolves is Inception? What are you saying?
5: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that their criteria for things are very different than the rest of the world. We're all just lay people out here, you know, watching movies and not real. We have opinions, but these folks make movies. So they can get into the studies. And yeah, they look at and editing
6: all. and lighting and...
5: Everything. All the nuances and... of filmmaking come into play. So, you know, cut them some slack.
3: Well, okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but what I don't thing know what you is. just
3: explained to me, but how does Inception and Dancing with the Woods relate?
5: They're totally different movies. Totally different types of movies. So, yeah. So, but they can they can break it down and say that was a good that was a good movie. That was a bad movie. Insofar as those top ten movies, they can do that. It's their world. Just like you can break down uh, Chicago's defense versus um, Dallas's defense.
3: I'm happy to. So... So... I'm certainly happy to do that. Did, did Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Lord of the Rings one, right? Okay, (laughs) Not not to
0: confuse things even more, but you guys a few times have said Avatar. Are you guys
7: making a mistake? Well, there was a common thought that, at least what I heard, was that he thought that Dances with Wolves, that he thought you were talking about Avatar, and a lot of people do think Dances with Wolves and Avatar are similar movies. And I th- I think a lot of people think that he thought you were talking about Avatar. But that's not true. Didn't hear you say Inception and thought, okay, they won't give this award to Avatar because they already awarded a very similar trope in Dances with Wolves. I I don't know about that, but I'm just saying that I have heard that. You've heard that, right, Tom?
5: Uh, I have heard that, but I don't remember that from the conversation. I don't remember that at all from the segment.
3: Could I say one other thing? I'd like to apologize because it's clear when hearing this audio over and over and over again that while many of my ticket colleagues would have rightfully stopped down and turned everything to now let's see what Tom is thinking, and I'm trying to fight through and keep the conversation going in the direction (laughs) I had intended, and that's on me. Like you got to know what you're looking at, right? If you yes, uh,
0: Sean, if you have Gerbs on the phone, you don't hang up on him, right? If he's drunk and rambling, no, you don't, you you don't save guy? you don't save him. And Bob, you you let Tom keep going as I... long as <laughs> <if> he wants. <laughs> You want to break down this for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. We're going to we're going to carve bad. off that that's time. That's bad job by me. But it's okay. <laughs> okay. It also keeps that group's call in a nice minute that we can replay and this is in a nice minute too, so. So, so
5: listening to that audio was like watching the movie Inception. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a lot of layers
7: in the same same thing. So, if you think you're in the you Made a slight broadcast error here, Bob, by trying to divert it back. I just want to know what my Shake Joint co-host is doing when he says... <laughs> And they look at editing and lighting so and he's dialogue. So he's totally agreeing uh, yes, with Tom yes, at that point. Right. He's buttressing Tom's insane point. Sean's <laughs> a good man. <laughs> by by validating <laughs> this confusing nonsense. Like, by Sean saying,
0: seems to be the only one in the whole conversation yeah, that on, really knows yeah, what's
7: happening. Just get hip with Gribble here. They look at editing it's, and lighting it, and dialogue. It's me and Sean,
5: <laughs> Sean in addition of uh,
7: Inside Actor Studio <laughs> yes, suddenly breaking out. Yes, Sean, who is a noted <laughs> film man. He will, you know. <laughs>
6: same thing. Same thing that happened to Gribble. I saw the prairie dog of Bob's head pop up when he said that, and I, I could feel a great disturbance in the force, and I knew Tom was in trouble. So I was being a good line made and trying to support my friend. I kind of understood what he was
0: saying with the long explanation that we heard earlier in the segment, but I was just trying to help a friend out. That's
3: all that was.
7: I was drowning. Okay, and that, that third word that Sean was saying. I think it's dialogue.
3: It is dialogue. It yeah. wasn't analog because I wanted to hear what analog means <laughs> no, in no, movies. I think it but, was dialogue. Okay.
7: <laughs> I I think all right. I it was dialogue. They thought it was okay. antelope. And lighting and dialogue. It <laughs> was antelope. To which Tom says, everything. <laughs> they look at everything. Right. <laughs> all the nuances of filmmaking come into play. All the things. So, you know, cut them some slack, which sort of. <laughs> Supposes that Bob is being too rough. Now it puts me on the defensive here. <laughs> so, you know... Cut them some slack,
5: right? Going on the attack. I never so really understood that part the, either.
3: The odd cut the academy some slack. Do you know how hard it is to select Oscar winners? There goes Bob again, ripping the academy. <laughs> <laughs>
7: they're, they're stringent criteria. You know, they look at everything. Typical Bob. And also, you're in trouble if you ever find yourself using "in so far." I was going say? to. I was going to say
3: that's really impressive
7: work. Because can break it down and say that was a good movie, that was a bad movie. In so far as those top 10 movies.
1: Written out as one word.
7: Some of the 10 movies that they've nominated, they're bad movies. They know which of the 10 best picture nominees are good movies or bad movies, in so far as the top 10 nominees. At which point, he pivots it back to sports to kind of draw Bob back in and say, <laughs> right. look, cut them some work. slack. Yeah, what, what will Bob relate to? Let
0: me what if s- uh, he doesn't <laughs> understand what I'm saying so far? Let me speak
7: in terms you'll understand. Uh, d- <laughs> Football. That's their world. Defense. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, don't skip over That's their world. <laughs> right. That's their
7: world. That's their world, Bob. Your yeah. world is is the Guard Dallas the defense. right? <laughs> so you can break down Chicago's defense versus <laughs> Dallas's defense, which kind of makes sense, but I don't think you would ever break down a defense. Defense against the defense, which is a part I did not know. <laughs> I did. but then Tom, Tom was, was very right about that because Bob immediately said, and I will. And I'm happy, uh, I'm happy, happy to. to. I'm happy to. Uh, again. Uh, I'm happy to. Soccer, uh. I'm certainly happy to do that. Did, 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 to did Lord uh. of the Rings. Did Lord of the Rings one? <laughs> they won, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Keith Brooking
3: is like our Brian Erlocker. <laughs> oh, man.
2: I
4: do
0: like Bob's honesty after Tom's long. Description is uh, I don't know what you just explained to me, <laughs> but
5: <laughs> where in my head I'm going? Damn it! I've got to talk some more. I've got to justify what I just said. Oh, you know, they're oh. totally
0: different movies.
2: Wow!
5: You didn't feel All right, you could just
7: back down, Tom. I want to play it one more time. I surrender. And I like we're just lay people out here, you know, watching movies and not really. We have opinions, like. <laughs> You might have been thinking that you can't have an opinion. <laughs> These lay people don't have opinions of their own. All right, right. so we're going to go one more time
3: uh, for the Hall of Fame. And someone was talking, we were we were discussing is it accurate? the three things about Inception that keep it from having a chance. And I forgot number three. It was lots of effects, lots of popularity, but then the third one, which is science fiction. And I think of those three together.
5: And four, it already won. <coughs> For Dances with Wolves.
3: Dances with Wolves is Inception?
5: What are you saying? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying You probably would have been alright if you would have stopped right there, right? I should have just gotten up and left the studio. That's what I should have done. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that their criteria for things are very different than the rest of the world. We're all just lay people out here, you know, watching movies and not real. We have opinions, but these folks <laughs> make movies. So they can get into the sun. Yeah, they look at editing
6: at and lighting and...
5: Everything. All the nuances and... of filmmaking come into play.
7: So, you know, cut them some slack. Did you think it was back together there? I feel like you kind of... I tried. So, like, like, I was trying I've, to bluff my way I've, back I've, into it. Yeah. I've ended this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll like never hear this again. I like, like how how I'm not the... saying
0: that. Here's what I am saying. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: yeah. I like right. how the transcript here now says, Bob, well, laughs, scoffs,
6: <laughs> okay... <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hear that. Let's
5: so they can get into the sun. Yeah, they look at editing
6: at and lighting and
5: everything. everything. All, all the nuances all of, of filmmaking come into play. So, you know, cut them some slack.
3: Well, Okay.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. That's got to be a new drop. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's Any point
5: awesome, somebody tries to make the bomb. I mean,
3: I felt at first it was a little harsh labeling that as a laugh
2: scoff, but you know what? That's exactly what that was.
5: Right, it was. And I think I was thinking I was scoring points by throwing in words like nuances and subtleties and lay people too. Right, right people you know, okay.
7: I've thrown You're them all the into like my in lexicon. It's law brief. All right. Let's
0: hear the end. Well,
3: okay. <laughs>
7: But what I don't know what Ian's. you just
3: explained to me, but how does Inception and Dancing with Wolves relate?
5: They're totally different movies. Totally, totally different, different types movies. of movies. So, yeah. so but they <laughs> can they can break it down and say that was a good that was a good movie, that was a bad movie, insofar as those top ten movies. They can do that. That's their world. Just like you can break down uh, Chicago's defense versus um, Dallas's defense.
3: I'm happy to. I'm certainly happy to do that. Did, did Lord of the Rings...
5: You know what? I'm going
0: to credit you Lord for moving Rings on, only right? because this puts it in a nice little box. That yeah. You know what I mean? If it he had, could fit
3: in a montage.
0: Had he gone on to try and explain it, he might have actually explained his way out of it.
5: <laughs> and then we wouldn't be doing this today. And a little backstory: Not long before this happened... A magazine asked me if I wanted to start writing movie reviews for them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, they didn't follow up after this air. <laughs> insofar
7: oh, as, okay. insofar so far as, as getting into
5: the nuances and you know, the subtleties right. of filmmaking.
7: Yeah, you would no longer
5: the be lay people. The, right. I
3: mean,
7: I'm dialogue. not sure you lay people editing, can understand everything. what's at
3: work everything. here right. on this So go film. ahead
0: and list everything you know about movies. Well, I know lighting and, <laughs> editing and everything. And you needed more lighting. The best boy. Tom, that's
3: amazing <laughs> Legend. work. Legend. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. Thank you for being part of our Oscars preview. I enjoyed it. Well, okay. Laughs, <laughs> scoffs, okay. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Donovan. Thank you. Thank you, Later. T-Speed.
6: Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend. and like that. We're ghosts.
1: Open up your morning light Say a little prayer for I You know that if we are to stay alive And see the peace in
2: every eye <laughs>
1: she had two babies one was six months one was three in the war of 44 that's right (laughs) every telephone ring every heartbeat stinging when she thought it was god calling her (laughs) oh would her son grow up to know his father Right now, what will it be? Uh, I don't want to wait oh. for her lives
2: to be over. <laughs> Ryan's, will it be yes or will it be? Maybe. Wow, how about that, boy? I love that one. That's very, very, very nice. nice.